0: Welcome to Who What Wear with Hillary Kerr, your direct line to the designers, stylists, beauty experts, editors, and tastemakers who are shaping the ever evolving world of fashion. I'm your host, Hillary Kerr, and today I'm handing things over to Who What Wear editor Jasmine Fox Suleiman, who sat down with our incredible February cover star, Storm Reed. Best known for her standout performances in projects like 12 Years a Slave, A Wrinkle in Time, and Euphoria, at just 19 years old, Storm is already a force within Hollywood. For this cover interview, the pair discuss the significance of the roles within Storm's catalog, her intentionality within a notoriously fickle industry, and her newest project, HBO series adaptation of the video game The Last of Us. It's all coming up on Who, What, Where.
1: Thank you for making Time Storm. Thank you for having me.
2: I actually wanted to start at the beginning because I feel like a lot of people may know you from some of your more noteworthy shows and films, but I would love to know, when did you decide that you wanted
1: to be an actress? I started acting at three. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that I was put on this earth to do uh, because I went to my mom at three and I was like, I want to be on TV and I want to be a superstar. And I don't (laughs) think a lot of (laughs) three-year-olds are saying what they want to do for the rest of their lives. So I really think I was put on the earth, not to just like act, but like to inspire and empower and impact audiences in a way that I did not expect or couldn't imagine. But we're here now. (laughs) I love that. And what have you learned about
2: yourself since getting into the industry? Because obviously you have been doing it since you were three and then you had your
1: breakout role when you were eight. Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot. So, I mean, I think there's things that I've learned about myself as an artist, but also like I grew up in front of the camera. So, just things that I learned as a person. And, you know, people change, people evolve, people have different ideas. And I always say I'm just a 19 going on 20 year old girl that has nothing figured out, even though people think I have everything figured out. I don't. And I'm okay with that. I think there's beauty in not knowing and, you know, taking it one day at a time, taking it a step at a time and through it all, even though I do have a really amazing, great career. Realizing that I am just 19 and I have a lot more life to live and a lot more mistakes to make and a lot more lessons to learn and a lot more things to see and experience.
2: Yeah. And giving yourself space to grow, right? Like I think that's one of the hard things about coming into the industry so young is so many people can Mm -hmm. get stuck in that phase and then not grow past it. But it feels like you're very much open to evolving and constantly challenging yourself, which is great. Absolutely. Because it is so hard to enter when you're younger, how have you been able to keep yourself grounded and keep pushing yourself to evolve?
1: Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with my family, my mom, (laughs) to be specific. And then my team and just the people around me, my peers, my friends. I am a firm believer in having a village and having a village of people that pour into you and empower you and let you know (laughs) when you need to get your act together. And thankfully, we don't have many conversations like that. But my family does remind me like where I come from, how hard I've worked to get in the space that I am in today and you know, having somebody to correct you when you're wrong and empower you and uplift you, I think it's very important. I love that. And you just bought your mom a home, correct? I did. So what was that like for you? It's such an amazing feeling, such an amazing experience to be able to, you know, share my hard work, our hard work with my mom. She's made so many sacrifices for me throughout this journey. So to be able to just, you know, give her a little bit of a token of appreciation, which was a house, um, (laughs) felt really good. And she's renovating and decorating and always doing something to make it even better. So I'm just glad that she's able to, you know, be in that space and be able to appreciate what we've done together. And to build a house in L.A. is really cool. So we also just, you know, tap ourselves on the back when we think about it
2: yeah and i mean that's the beauty of like being able to get to the point where you are in your career right like to be able to share that wealth and to share that work so it's wonderful that you've gotten there in addition to obviously acting though you are in school Mm -hmm. at usc so what made you decide that you wanted to continue your education in the arts and how do you feel it's helped you hone in on your craft
1: Yeah, I mean, I think coming to USC was probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made because it gives me that sense of groundedness and the sense of normalcy of I get to experience and do a lot of cool things in my career and in my life, but I was missing out on the experiences that teenagers go through and that's going to school and going to the parties and going to the football game. So as much as I am grateful to be here to further my education, I'm also just grateful to be able to, Take up space as a young human that is like, you know, meeting other young people from different walks of life and just learning and growing and making mistakes and figuring it out. It's a push and a shove into adulthood a little bit. It's just like, okay, this is what it feels like to be on your own and to be responsible and to take care of yourself and figure out what you're going to eat for dinner and if you're going to go to class today. So I appreciate it for everything that it is, the education. Yes, but also I think more so the experiences and the experiences that I will continue to experience down the line because I have two more years, thankfully.
2: Yeah. And it also gives you that groundedness again, right? Like it allows you to step out of the Hollywood bubble and be reminded of where you come from, which is so beautiful. Exactly. One thing that I found at least fascinating about the fact that you're going back to school is that you also are studying African-American studies as your minor. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to that minor and why you feel more important than ever to learn about African-American history?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I have always just, you know, been in a public school system when I was younger, when I was like in school and then further being homeschooled where the curriculum was just not catered Mm -hmm. to people that looked like me. And if it was, it was half truths and it was not telling everything or telling a one-sided view of history. And I think it is pivotal for us to learn our history, learn where we come from, our ancestors. And even though my mom had done a good job of trying to keep me updated and keep me educated with Black history and the things that were going on in the world. There's only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. And we live in a social media era. So you go on Instagram or you get a notification from the news outlet that you follow and you're seeing all of these things and it's not being talked about in schools. So I think what is so cool about college is obviously you have your required classes for your major, but you get to take classes that interest you. So to be able to just come to a school, which is a PWI and be able to learn about my history, I think is just very important. And to be surrounded by a community of young people who look like me that also are striving to learn more and just be better young people to be of service in the world, I think is really important. So it's amazing that I get to experience all that I do. And even though it is a lot, to be able to learn about my history is one of the most important things.
2: And especially now, too, like we've seen so many laws across the country trying to curtail what people can read, what they learn in the class. Mm -hmm. So to have access to that is so special. And one of the things I really love about your work throughout all of the shows and films you've done is it feels like you really... Bring that history with you on set. Thank <laughs> and you. it feels like you're constantly honoring that. And more specifically, I think about how you've never been afraid to shy away from more serious projects. So obviously, like you were in 12 Years of Slave, Euphoria, when they see us, and you do take viewers to a place that kind of makes them uncomfortable. So, as a younger person, why do you feel it's imperative to take on those more substantive roles that explore? uncomfortable stories or uncomfortable histories.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always say, I feel like in order to make a change in the world, people are going to have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I also think like as creative people, we have a duty in my opinion to say things and it doesn't need to be in a preachy way, but we have a platform to say a lot and address a lot. And if you're not saying anything at all, then like, what are you doing? I feel like you're not only doing yourself a disservice, but doing audiences an even bigger disservice as well. So, I mean, I think that's why I am so intentional with the projects I choose to be a part of because it's all about that intentionality and purposefulness and wanting to connect and inspire and empower the people that are gonna be watching it. So that's why I don't really get upset or really care when people say the things that they do about me always crying or always in distress because I'm addressing real life situations and not everything is happy-go-lucky. So (laughs) I know people would love to see me enroll that are a little bit more lighthearted, which I think is coming up soon. But, you know, I'm proud to be a part of the projects that I'm a part of. And it's always a conversation, always a choice, always trying to be as intentional as possible.
2: And you can feel that. Like, that's one of the things I really admire about your work is that you do go to that place and you do take the audience to that space of embodying those emotions and humanizing those experiences. But I'm wondering for you, how do you prepare yourself to go into that space? Is there anything you do to take care of your mind or to detach after you finish a project? Because you do
1: have a lot of intense moments. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I always have to remind myself that my character's reality is not my reality. So that helps me jump out of the sadness or the fear or whatever my character is going through. It helps me, you know, differentiate the two. But I also try to step into my character's shoes wholeheartedly and experience how they're feeling and experience their given circumstance while also not neglecting how I would feel in that situation. I feel like acting is a lot about listening and about taking in what's going on with your character. So I try to, you know, navigate the two worlds as best as I can. But sometimes, you know, it's just exhausting to be in distress or to be in difficult circumstances. It's it's hard too, but I think I do have a good hold on, okay, G is feeling this way or June is feeling this way or any of the characters I'm playing, they're feeling a certain way. But Storm, Storm is fine. Storm is good.
2: Yeah, so you're able to weather the character's emotions without getting lost into it and drowning in it, which is wonderful. Exactly. Of the roles you've had, has one of them been like the most challenging thus far?
1: Mm-hmm. I think June in Missing was probably the most challenging character I've played because of the technical aspects. I'm so used to, you know, walking on set and second team shows us how we're moving and the director already has like a vision of how the scene is supposed to play out and you have a scene partner. And I didn't have much of that in Missing. I had a computer and eyelines and I was filming on phones and watches. So the technical aspect was really hard and I'm appreciative for it Because I think even though it was challenging, it pushed me and I think it made me a better actress.
2: Yeah, I love that. And it's such an interesting film because it really does explore how our lives are intertwined with technology. So being that, you know, you are Gen Z and you have grown up in this information age, how do you feel like living in this age has impacted how you view the world?
1: Oh, it's impacted how I view the world so much. I think it impacts literally everyone, in my opinion. And like growing up in a social media age, it's like a double edged sword. We go on social media specifically for like positivity and finding funny videos and trends and, you know, outfit inspiration. There's so many amazing, beautiful things. But then, The other side of that is it could be a dark, sad place. And, you know, it's a place where people choose to be mean and, you know, it's just a lot that goes on. So I think my approach to social media is to try to be as positive as possible, share what I want to share, but also... Being okay with being private, even though I'm in the public eye, whatever that's supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I love social media for what it is. And I love technology for what it is. It's just, I think about your approach with everything, but specifically with engaging in and sharing your life with other people.
2: Yeah. How do you set those boundaries for yourself? Because obviously I do feel like it is hard being that you're in the public space. So what do you do to protect your own privacy when you are so public facing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just an active choice to share what I want to share. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I'm pretty open with people, but I always like to think about, like, private, not secret. It's not a secret, but it's just like I'm being private and I should have the ability to choose to share what I want to share. And I think the people that support me and that follow me understand that. And they know that I'll go a couple of days, a week, a week and a half without posting. And it's not that I've disappeared. It's not that anything has happened, but I'm just taking time for me and my mental health. And there might be a lot of posts. There might be a lot of lives. There might be a lot of Insta stories. And then I might calm it down just because it's not that important to me. It's not going to make or break anything. It doesn't prove who I am. Mm -hmm. It doesn't prove my talent. It doesn't prove how smart I am. It's, you know, a look at my life and you can choose to accept that and follow that and support that and be there in every single moment that I choose to share. And then if not, that's fine too because social media is not real. It's important for people to realize that people share what they want to share. Yes, they might share the good. Yes, they might share the ugly. They're going to definitely share the pretty, but like you have no idea what's going on in people's lives. Mm -hmm. So I think. I've always been aware of that and that's not lost on me. So my approach to social media, even from when I had like a private account and only my friends and family followed me, it's just like, oh, this is just for fun. Like this is to share, but like, why do people take it so serious? It's not that serious.
2: Yeah. And again, I think it goes back to your point of like people are looking for validation on Mm, these platforms rather than seeing it as just a tool for sharing and having fun. But it's great that you have separated yourself from that and give yourself space. One of the other things that is interesting about your work is you also are a part of The Last of Us. And you're going to be playing Riley. And that series is also very technology-based. Like it's Mm -hmm. adapted from a video game and it follows a group of people that are dealing with the fallout from a global pandemic. So can you kind of tell me like what drew you to that project and how did it come to you?
1: Yeah, they sent me the episode script I'm not a big or good video game person. I have an older brother and like a whole bunch of god brothers, but I was the annoying little sister. So when I asked to play the video games, it was like Storm, get away. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) So like I know how to play the Mortal Kombat. I know how to play GTA. I know how to play Call of Duty. But like, other than that, like I have no idea what I'm doing. So I really enjoyed the script, but I was like, what is this? And I looked it up and then I saw it was a video game. And then I called My brother, and I was like, Do you know? And he was like, Yeah, that's a really cool game. And then I talked to Craig Mazin and Neil and the whole producing team. And I love to see people's passion and excitement for things. And they were so passionate and so excited about The Last of Us, but they also really wanted to get to know me, which I think is just so cool when people really are invested in how you feel, especially when they're a stranger. You don't really have any connection, you don't really know them, but like they want to know how you're doing what your favorite color is like things like that so we had the meeting, we talked about the last of us in the script and then we got to know each other and they were like we would love for you to play Riley and i was like honored on the phone and then when i got on set i mean it was one of the most beautiful experiences that i've had on a set even though it was like really cold cuz we shot in canada i just felt so welcomed to the set and to the universe because obviously the creators of this show love this video game like eat sleep and breathe so to welcome me into something that I wasn't really familiar with, but actually giving me the reins to have creative autonomy and to be able to have fun, I think is just a beautiful thing. So I'm just obviously super (laughs) excited to be a part of the universe. Bella Ramsey is absolutely brilliant. And I was actually watching episode four with my boyfriend yesterday and he hadn't watched any of the other episodes. And he was like, what is this? Rewind. So just to see other people invested in the show, just like, you know, watching a couple of minutes, it felt really good. So I'm excited. I'm a fan and I can't wait for the episode to come out.
2: Yeah. And it seems like everyone's reaction so far has been that, like, people are so excited. They're comparing, like, still yeah. some video game to the show. So it's great to see that's been so well-received. Mm-hmm. It is a harder storyline. So I, I'm wondering, how was it like for you to step into a story that is about dealing with a pandemic
1: when we have been dealing with one for the past few years? Yeah. I mean, I think even though it's a hard subject matter, life imitates art, Art imitates life. So even though it's hard and you have to be emotionally connected, I think it made it a little easier, unfortunately, because it it was something that we had all gone through as Mm -hmm. a global community. We know what that feels like. We know what it feels like to go outside and it's like empty and you're not used to it. And of course, their pandemic is way different or was way different than what we went through, but it's still a similar situation of feeling isolated and feeling alone and not knowing what to do. And I think that's so beautifully depicted in The Last of Us. You feel the dead space. You Mm -hmm. feel the loneliness. You feel the confusion. And I think those are some of the feelings that we all went through. Confusion, sadness, loneliness. So for us to be coming out of that and then for a show to be depicting it so well, that's what I enjoy most about storytelling because it's real and people can feel it.
2: Yeah. And are you hoping that's what
1: people take away from your role? Yeah. I'm so nervous about the episode because like we were talking about, the video game is really, really loved and Riley and Ellie's relationship is really, really loved. But that episode, it took about a month to shoot and they just did such a great job with the character arcs and the gentleness between Ellie and Riley. They're two young girls that are obviously going through this crazy thing in the world, but their friendship... Is so beautiful, and I don't feel like it is romanticizing their feelings at all. I think it's just their young people trying to figure it out in this crazy world. That's what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. So I hope people really, really, really like the episode. It's heartbreaking, but it's so beautiful. And I hope it's a reflection of not only the creator's love in the whole cast and crew, but I, I hope that the people who love the video game can feel that love too.
2: Yeah, and obviously like you talk about the series doing such a great job of reflecting that connection between friends. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of your acting really does a great job of like reflecting the intimacy that happens between relationships, whether that's negative or positive. And more specifically, we have to get into euphoria and your relationship with your big sis. Because obviously that's such a beautiful series and you did such a great job with this last season. So can you tell me what was it like to to work on the last season what were the highlights for you and were you excited about being able to give viewers a little bit more of Gia's perspective
1: absolutely it's so fun being on that set because i i obviously work with z the most and nika king who plays our mom who is great but when i'm on set with them it just it feels like a family like z is my big sis like you can't convince me Otherwise, like that is my sister. And just to be able to work with people that inspire you, that push you is just an amazing feeling. And Sam, he has a vision and we know what he wants, but he also was like, do whatever you want. Like, let's just see, let's play. And that's where some of the most beautiful moments come from. Like season one, the argument about the money where she's like, where's my money? That was like, Sam had an idea. He was like, there's going to be an argument about money but like just riff off of each other. Let's see where it goes. And that turned out beautiful. And that was kind of like the scene that we filmed in episode two where she like breaks down the door and is acting ridiculous. Um, and we are we are fighting and going back and forth. He has a vision, but he's also like, let's just see, just play. I love that. And I think we all work really well together. And, and Euphoria is just a, such a beautiful show because we are trying to bridge the disconnect between generations and trying to let the world know that there are things that young people go through every day. Mm -hmm. And even though it's entertainment and some situations are heightened, I think at its core, it's we're trying to educate people. And even when I'm reading a script or even like watching some of the scenes that I'm obviously not a part of. And I'm like, that is just crazy. Like that just would not happen. Like, please. And then I have to think about it and I have to sit and check myself because a lot of the situations that are being depicted in the show, Sam has gone through in some extent. He is experienced some of the things that are in euphoria. So that's when you have to sit and not feel like, oh, this is so unrealistic. Because people go through these things every day. And I think that's why it's turned into such a big show and a a cultural phenomenon. Because at the end of the day, it's relatable. And it's just really beautiful. Like Visually, it's really, really pretty.
2: I agree. I think one of the things that does make the show so wonderful is that it does validate the experiences of younger people and it puts mm-hmm. a lot of younger generations' viewpoints about the world on display. Right. So for you, being in that role and being a part of this cast, how do you hope your acting helps combat
1: misconceptions about younger generations? I mean, I think there's a, a lot of misconceptions about Gen Z. And I can't speak for my entire generation, but like We are smart. We are brilliant. Uh, We are trying to make a change. And yes, it looks different for everybody. And yes, we do use our phones a little bit more (laughs) than other (laughs) generations, but I just think it's the world we live in. But that shouldn't discredit our ability to be able to think about things, cultivate ideas, cultivate joy. And at the end of the day, this generation is the most culturally diverse and culturally accepting than any other generation. I could say that with confidence. So with any situation with any circumstance, whether it's me playing Gia or just me taking up space as a young black woman in this world, I think it's just giving us grace because yes, we may do things differently, but I think those differences is what makes our generation so beautiful and so different. So, you know, I think playing Gia can help. I don't know if it can combat any misconceptions that people have about this generation, but I think it can definitely help people who are like Gia who have so. Similar circumstances as her. And, you know, it's a good view of how addiction and how mental challenges affect family members mm-hmm. and the people around the people that are struggling with that situation at hand. So I think that's why I'm so proud to play her because I think I am able to represent a lot of people.
2: Yeah. And I think it also does do a great job of not only showing the lives of younger people and really reminding people that everyone is young at one point. So like you have to remember mm-hmm. that like no matter what age you are, you can be going through things, you can be struggling, but it's also very respectful about showing how those struggles are interconnected. Yes, And I, I'm wondering for you working on it and working with the entire team, has it changed how you view our collective well being and how you even think about your own mental health and wellness.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think obviously you hear things when you're growing up about mental health and you try to like define what mental health means to you. You know what it means to other people or you've heard their experiences, but people go through different things in different ways. So I think. Being on euphoria was my introduction to what does mental health mean to me and how can I make my mental health better and how can I try to contribute joy or empowerment or inspiration to help other people's mental health. So you know every day is a is different and I think we are all affected by things differently. And to me, I think right now where I am at with mental health is still trying to define it, still trying to figure out what it means to me, still trying to show up in the best way I can for myself to Mm -hmm. be able to show up even better for other people. So for me, mental health right now is listening to a lot of music, taking time for myself. So, you know, it's a touchy subject and something that I don't speak on, I think, enough because, you know, it affects everybody differently. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is important for conversations to be had around mental health and things that we can do, lessons that we can learn not only for ourselves, but for the people around us.
2: Yeah. And I would actually disagree. I think you do a great job. Like I know you were partnering with Maybelline to talk about mental health. And then you also worked with the Child Mind Institute. To provide resources to those struggling with anxiety and depression. So I would disagree. I think you're out here doing the work. Thank you. And for you, is there anything else like that you're continuing to do or you wanna do to shine a light on people learning those little tricks to take care of themselves?
1: Yeah, I think it's just important to continue to be a part of initiatives that I am beyond the run with New Balance. I did a mental health initiative with them where I learned how to run and I learned how to take care of my body a little bit more. And I tried to get across that moving your body can really, really benefit your mental health. So that was really helpful for me. Again, Brave Together, Maybelline's initiative to try to share resources and be a source of education for other people and resources, like you said. And, you know, I even started an initiative a while ago called Be Amazing because I just wanted like young people to feel empowered and we don't get to wake up with cheerleaders around us. Unfortunately, that would be real, real nice, (laughs) but we don't. So I just wanted to like let young people know specifically that it's okay to be perfectly imperfect. It's okay not to have it all figured out. It's okay to wake up confused and sad and want to cry. Everybody has those feelings. But I think the first step of mental health is like, One, not judging how you're feeling, not judging one's mental health. And two, sitting in those feelings, accepting those feelings, and then learning how to transition out of those feelings if they're bad feelings or having someone to talk to or resources. So that's the space that I want to continue to be in, not only working on my mental health, but being of service for other people and then also learning more because there's so much to be educated on and learned when it comes to mental health.
2: Yeah. And also like just being open to learning, right? Like I think that is a part of what makes mental health. Mental health is you have to understand that there will be days where like you are in the dumps and then there's days when you go back Mm -hmm. up and like being patient with yourself through that storm.
1: Exactly. So it's
2: great to hear that you're giving yourself space and grace to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. In addition to obviously, you know, using your platform to help others, you are kind of using it as your own way to just be creative. And more specifically, I'm thinking about your approach to fashion and beauty. So can you tell me a little bit about what role fashion has played in your life?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think fashion has played a big role in my life, even before like, you know, the red carpets and things like that. I had to wear uniforms in middle school which i hated the worst but like i would wear my collared shirt and my skirt and then wear a cute pair of tennis shoes and some like long socks like that was my thing cuz i wanted to spice it up and i think fashion is an opportunity to have fun but to also say something if you want to say things with the designers and the brands and the fashion houses that you align yourself with and then i have so much fun with makeup as much fun as I do with fashion, but I have an amazing makeup artist, Paul, and we just like to play and we have all of the Maybelline products. So we are lucky in that sense, but I think it's just a way through makeup and fashion to take up space, to let people know how you're feeling that day and really express yourself. And I I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. And would you say that you have always been explorative when it comes to like your hair and your makeup? Or do you think that working on like Euphoria or being on films and TV has kind of pushed you to be more risque?
1: Yeah, I think being on different sets and being around different people and and being at different photo shoots has really expanded my mind Mm -hmm. of like what I can do with my hair, what I can do with my makeup. And then, you know, again, we've talked about social media a lot. Social media era, you have a whole for you page or a whole explore page of cute makeup or even cute nails. Like I find my nail inspiration on Instagram, on TikTok. Same with eyeliner. Like I'm like, oh, that's a cute eyeliner eyeliner. Let me screenshot that and send it (laughs) to (laughs) Pauly. And like same thing with hair. So I have always been explorative in that way, but I think being in the rooms and the positions that I've been in has definitely informed my risk-taking with hair, makeup, fashion.
2: And would you say also working, because you work with Jason
1: Bolden for your stylist, Mm -hmm. would you say
2: that having him on your team has pushed you in your red carpet looks of being like, okay, I'm going to try something different?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I love Jason so much because we've been working together since I was 13 and now I'm almost 20. So, like, that's a long time. And I think he has done an amazing job of following the journey. Mm-hmm. from a 13 to a 20 year old is way different, but he didn't rush anything. He made sure that I still looked youthful when I needed to. And that I always felt comfortable that I could dance in my clothes. Cause he knows that I love to groove <laughs> <laughs> and he just knows me. He knows my sense of style. So we have fun. We have a lot of fun with fashion. It's always a good time. And I don't think there's ever been anything that he's put me in where I'm like, Oh, I don't like this or, Oh, I don't feel comfortable because if I don't, like it, then he doesn't like it. And we're going to move on and we're going to find the best outfit for the situation and make sure it's appropriate and make sure that we're saying something and having fun.
2: I love that. And as you've grown up in the spotlight and you've just grown older with age, do you feel like you've become more comfortable with your personal style?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, my personal style is very chill, very relaxed. I love to shop men's clothes and men's shoes. So I live in like oversized hoodies and sweatshirts and T-shirts and like cute jeans. I like to think of my personal style as like street style, a little girly, a lot of tomboy. So I really just, you know, keep it simple and, you know, mix and match highs and lows with my personal fashion.
2: Yeah, that's great. And obviously, like that's such a contrast from being on the red carpet, but then Mm -hmm. also you've been
1: an ambassador for
2: Prada. So what has that been like for you?
1: Yeah, working with Prada has been such a dream. I've been working with them since I was like 13, 14. They did my first custom dress ever for the London premiere of A Wrinkle in Time. And they're just such amazing people to work with. They are truly invested in how I feel, how I want to look, if I'm comfortable, And Prada is just, I mean, such an iconic brand. And I think a beautiful representation of what fashion is supposed to be, how fashion is supposed to feel, how fashion is supposed to look. It's simple, it's timeless, but it's also fun. And I think that's what makes the best fashion.
2: Yeah, I agree. And for you, would you say that because obviously you've done a collection with PacSun where you designed a swimwear line, do you feel like fashion is another medium for you in the same way that acting is that you're able to put yourself out there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's another outlet to express myself, but in an entire different way. I think through fashion, people can see how my brain works (laughs) a little bit with like, you know, the patterns and the colors and the different details and the cutouts with PacSun. Being able to create those bathing suits was just so much fun because they gave me so much collaborative power. And I was able to really say what I liked, what I didn't like, draw sketches. And they had an amazing fashion team that helped me. So I definitely am grateful for that opportunity and something that I want to continue to do down the line with different fashion pieces.
2: Yeah. And obviously, like you have so much going on, But when you're thinking about the future of your career, is there anyone that you look to in the industry as a blueprint for where you want to go?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, there's so many people that inspire me and empower me. But I mean, I think Z is a great person to look at. Like she is doing the dang on thing and I'm so proud of her. So of course, your career can't emulate somebody else's because everybody's journey is different. But if I had to look to somebody who was like young and beautiful and smart and real and is really taking the world by storm, no pun intended, I, <laughs> I would say Z for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think what's so wonderful about just the experiences you've had is that you have been able to work with so many incredible Black women in the industry, Mm -hmm. from obviously Z to Ava DuVernay. So what has that been like for you? And how have you been able to build a community that helps you grow?
1: Yeah, I mean, like Z, like Miss Ava, like Miss Oprah, there's so many incredible women who have come into my life that I haven't just worked with. They've really like taken me under their wing and they empower me and support me and pour into me and let me know if I'm doing something right or wrong. And I I really love that. It's more than just a work relationship. It's a real life like family. It's a real life sister. It's a real life auntie. It's a real life bonus mom in a sense. Like Mm -hmm. these people are really invested not only in my career, but me as a human and me as a human first. I appreciate that because that's rare, especially in this industry where you don't really know people's intentions or you have a really good time on set and then you kind of, you know, shift apart. It has been like that with certain people. Um, and I still appreciate their presence and what they've poured into me. But there are people that have stuck around and will continue to be here for a really long time. And I'm appreciative of their guidance and their love and support.
2: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, if you could work with anyone in Hollywood, who would it be?
1: Miss Meryl Streep, Viola Davis, Denzel Washington, Angela Bassett.
2: What character from Euphoria Season 2 made you cringe the most? Cassie. (laughs) Same. (laughs) If you could take only three beauty products with you to a desert island, which would you choose?
1: Oh, goodness. Some petroleum jelly. So like some aquaphor, some Maybelline Lifter Gloss, because my lips can't be ashy. And probably mascara. I don't know. Who am I even going to (laughs) see? What's the one snack you rely on to get you through studying for a final? Oh, wow. Probably chips. That's not the best, but chips. (laughs)
2: Love it. And then you're getting dressed for the day. What song is playing in the background?
1: Oh, right now it's Her Old Friends by Party Next Door. Love it.
2: Ah, Well, I can't thank you enough, really. It's been so wonderful to just talk with you. And honestly, you're just so wonderful. And I really appreciate it.
1: No, of course. Thank you for your time and your thoughtful questions.
0: A huge thank you to our incredible February cover star, Storm Reed, and Who What Where editor, Jasmine Fox Suleiman. Make sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd also be so grateful if you would rate and review us. If you have any guest suggestions or any other feedback, drop us a line at podcast at or you can find us on social at Who what Wear. See you next Wednesday on Who What Wear with Hillary Kerr. This episode was produced by Hilary Kerr and Olivia Capoletti. Editing is by Natalie Thurman. Our audio engineers are at Treehouse Recording in Los Angeles, California. And our music is by Jonathan Leahy.